interesting that that was our scripture for today. That is our text. I didn't know that today. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, Keisha, for all your faithfulness. We appreciate you up there. Amen. First Peter 1 and 3. Uh, various verses, but this is our text. I just want to take this one scripture. The Word of God reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. I read that again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I'm going to speak to you today from the title, Hope for the Believers. Hope is a part of the human experience. We have minds that can remember. Thank God for those of us who are yet getting older can still remember some things to some degree of accuracy. <laughs> We're getting older and some things are slipping. But for the most part, we have the ability to remember. Human beings come here with the ability to remember. We also have minds that can recognize the immediate happenings or needs of the present time. So we can remember and we can be in the present moment. Amen? Amen. But we also have minds that look towards the future. Dreams, desires, hopes, aspirations. Life would be totally pointless if we could make no plans for the future. If there was no desire for what could be. Amen? There would be no reason to better yourself. No reason to reach a goal. No reason to educate yourself. If there was no such thing as a tomorrow that was realizable or attainable, in terms of a future that is set before us. There'd be no reason to grow if there was no plans for the future, no hope for the future. Hope is an essential element of the human experience. We have children. We have dreams, desires, hope for them. Things we want them to see, things we want them to accomplish, things we want to happen for them. Amen? First Peter 1 and 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. But how is this hope realized? How is this hope experienced? Well, according to scripture that I just read, it is experienced and realized by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
Please pray for me as I attempt to explain this miraculous thing that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three in one together, has given to the church. There is hope for the believer. Well, how does it start? Well, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy, based on God's mercy, mercy is to extend help for the consequence of sin, as opposed to being hardened and pitiless. Mercy is not only here feeling bad or sorry for an individual's misery, but deciding actively to remove the misery from that individual or person. It's one thing for me to say, oh, shucks, I'm sorry that happened to you. It's another thing for me to actively move on your behalf to remove what happened. That is mercy. Amen? Now, if someone could somehow obtain mercy, earn mercy, pay for mercy, then what they would actually receive from their efforts or currency would not be mercy at all. Because mercy implies that the recipient of mercy is a person who is in need of mercy. Amen? Mercy is always a free gift. If I can get my own mercy, then you haven't been very merciful. (laughs) Make sense? It's free. There's someone who's extending it and someone who's always in need of it. Mercy. In this verse, mercy here is actually a judicial term, meaning the person actually deserves punishment for a wrong that they have done. But we don't just have mercy from God. It says we have abundant mercy. God has enough mercy to extend Mercy to every soul that has ever lived and still have enough to spare. Because he is a God of mercy. Amen? God has enough mercy to pardon every soul. But this mercy is only reserved for those who believe in Jesus Christ. And if we're honest with ourselves, as Pastor Rick just said, When we look at God's holy law and we see our trespasses, the truth is we were all in need of abundant, abundant mercy. Romans 3.23, very familiar portion of scripture, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have all sinned and fallen short of God's holy standard. We've lied. We've cheated. We've lusted. We've jealously coveted. We've stolen. I'm not a thief, Pastor. Did you give it back? 
not stolen from nobody. You still got that Tupperware from three years ago? I have a, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm a pen klepto. If I say, can I borrow your pen, something in my flesh doesn't give it back. You will never see your pen ever again. I don't even think about it. It's going to be like, okay, thank you so much. You have a good day. I'm walking away with your pen. We've stolen. We've used God's name in vain before we were texting. We've carried murderous hatred in our hearts. I've never killed anybody, but you've hated. Here they come. Mm. I've shown this much mercy when I've actually needed that much mercy. Right? I'm guilty of sin. You're guilty of sin. We're all guilty of sin. And the word of God says, the soul that sinneth shall surely die. Amen? Ezekiel 18.20, out of the Living Translation, New Living Translation says, the person who sins is the one who will die. The child will not be punished for the parent's sins. The parent will not be punished for the child's sins. Righteous people will be rewarded for their own righteous behavior, and the wicked, wicked people will be punished for their own wickedness. If you haven't lived perfectly, you die. And that is a promise from God. And people have been dying ever since the beginning, proving that we're all sinners. And God's promise is obviously true because I'm getting older. This is not going in the other direction. Obviously, I'm a sinner. You hear me? Have we nailed everybody to the wall yet? Romans 6.23, for the wage of the sin is death. What does that mean? The wage of the sin, the earnings, your paycheck for sin that you get is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We all deserve hell. But God has shown us mercy. Mercy. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Praise the Lord. And how has God been merciful? Well, According to this verse, since we are all born in sin and we have a track record to prove it, God shows us mercy by giving those who believe in his son a new start. Back to uh, Romans. No, no, no. Let's go back to, go back to 1 Peter 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Begotten us again means born again. By God's mercy, 
He's allowing us to start over. Wow. Born again. You get a do-over. Hmm. We all need a do-over. When I think of everything that I've done against God's holy law, man, it would be great if somehow that was wiped out and we could just get a do-over. Amen? Nicodemus, John 3 and 7, trust me, it's there. You know the story. He comes to Jesus by night, and he's asking Jesus all these questions. Jesus, we know you're coming from God. You're doing all these things we've never seen anybody do before. There's these miracles that you're able to do. No one's been able to do that. Jesus cuts to the chase. Looks at Nicodemus and says, look, Nick. It's great that you can recognize all of my power and all of my ability, but we don't have a lot of time here. You're going to look up one day and my mission will be over. I'll be gone. Let me just cut straight to the chase. He completely switched the conversation and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. What you need, Nick, is a do-over. You need to start over. A new life. That's what you need. I'm glad you came asking all these questions. But the problem is, Nicodemus, even though you're a, rich, a, re- a religious person, you're a Pharisee. You're part of the, you know, the holy crew. I come to tell you, Nicodemus, your righteousness is as filthy rags. You're not good enough. You got out of bed wrong. <laughs> you made your coffee wrong. I heard the thoughts when you were scrambling your eggs. You're in trouble, Nick. You're not good enough. You think you're good enough, but you're not good enough. What you need, Nicodemus, is to be born again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? By his mercy, begotten us again, given us new life. We are full of sin, and we cannot please God. So in his mercy, God says, in Jesus, you can start over. Be born again. Woo! Woo! Hallelujah. Why? Because here's the truth. The truth is, is, you know, I'm looking outside and the sun is shining and I go about my day and I get in my car and I go meet my friends and we have some coffee at Starbucks and we talk about it and we chop it up and I complain about my supervisor and I go home and talk to my wife and then, you know, sometimes we get along and sometimes we don't. Sometimes the kids get on my nerves, sometimes they don't, you know. Everything I do, I just go about my day. I do music, go shopping, pick up some Nikes, whatever we do, Right? Regular life. And we have no concept, no clue of how, go, of, how, how, of how absolutely holy God is. We just don't know. We don't know. We're just doing life, not realizing the danger. And we've got this track record, this, this history of sin. And we're like, ah, can I order some coffee, please? It's not a big deal to us. We're kind of, you know, not tuned in to the fact that God is holy, holy, holy. Angels are like, whoa. And we're sitting here just living life, doing what we do. Clueless. 
Wow. Angels are like, oh, I can't even take him. He's too much. Right? We need a do-over. You can't go back and fix all your past. You can't fix your present. You can't fix what you're going to do wrong tomorrow. (laughs) What I need is a clean slate. Amen? A new start. Nicodemus, church, people online, we must be, we must be, we must be born again. So he has begotten us by his mercy, by his abundant mercy. He has begotten us again, given us new life. We are born again. We need new life. Colossians 3 and 3. For you, talking to the church here, church believers, you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Thank God for that. That word hidden means covered up. (laughs) Your whole life covered up, hidden in Christ, with Christ, in God. Somebody in the back's got it. My sins are not invisible to God. Come on, somebody. I still mess up and God still sees it. But my sins are not being counted against me. My mess has been absorbed in Christ. I'm hidden. Are you hearing me? I am forgiven of my sin. I am born again because of God's mercy. He has given those who believe in Christ new life. We are born again. New start. This new start, this new life comes with a new hope. And that's where I'm going this morning. Amen? First Peter 1 and 3 again. Back to it. Good. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy, mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So somehow, saints, what the Holy Spirit has done is he has connected our hope to this resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What he's basically saying is no resurrection, you have really no hope. Ah. We're not just hidden in Christ. I'm almost done. We are in Christ. And Christ is in us. Now, we've heard this before, but do we realize the ramifications of it? Do we realize the power that's behind this truth? We're not just hidden in him. We are in Christ, and Christ is in us. Now, back to the Romans, the sixth chapter, what we saw this morning, what we read today. Romans, the sixth chapter, the fifth verse. Romans 6 and 5. Yeah, there we go. All right. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. If we are planted, what does that mean? We are intertwined. We are so united. We are so one together with Christ that we are united with him in his death and in his resurrection. Wow. Ain't that something? What are you saying, Pastor? 
death was the believer's death. His life is a believer's life. We are united with him. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing with me? His death is our death. We are united with Jesus. We are one with Jesus. The wages of sin, as we just saw, is death. Well, Jesus died for me, and since I'm united with Christ, that means I've already died. His death is now counted as my death. Ah, which means the penalty for sin has been paid for, saints. It means it's been paid for. Jesus took my sins to the cross, and I cannot be charged for something that's already been paid for. Are you hearing that, saints? I don't know if somebody got that. Listen, if I buy all four of my girls a coat, and I pay for it in full, and then they walk back into the same store, They cannot tell them that that coat is not theirs. They don't have to pay again. My sins are washed away. It's over with. You cannot charge somebody for something that's already bought. (laughs) But not only in his death are we one, we are united with him and one with him. In his resurrection. Huh? In the likeness of his death, we should also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Which means we now, right now, every believer, we now have the same eternal life that he has. Look at you. Look at you. Huh? Really? Are you in Christ? Is Christ in you? Are you one with Christ? Then you not only have his death counted as your death, you also have his eternal life. Right now. Right now. Which means we have the same eternal life that he has. He can never die again. And after we die, we will live again. Jesus is alive and well now. And just like Jesus is alive, when we die, we shall be alive again. Every believer is born twice. Every believer that has ever lived before, even after they die, they shall live again. What are you saying, Pastor? Access to everlasting paradise has been granted forevermore to those who believe and rely and trust on the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. The hope that we have comes from the guarantee that God is satisfied with the payment for our sins. How do we know that? This is how we know that. Because when Jesus died, he got up out the grave, went back to the Father, and was received by God. And if I am in Christ, and Christ is in me, then that means when I die, and I believe in Jesus Christ, I shall be received by God. He didn't stay in that grave, folks. He got up. 
And he didn't get up to show off. He got up for you and me. Yes, he did. The barrier wall that stood between Christians and God has now been removed. The truth is we are so united with Christ. I know you may not see that and you may not feel that, but it's true. We are united with Christ. This means that we are in Christ. This means that God loves us just like he loves his son. (gasps) Which means that he loves every believer that places their faith in Jesus. Now, just like the son will have to bear his cross, we will have to bear our cross. Yes, we will. Just like the son experienced trouble in this world, we will have trouble. Just like the son faced betrayal, watch them suckers. We will have to face betrayal. Just like the son experienced adversity, we will have adversity. We will have struggles. We will have pain. We will have to fight against temptation, just like Jesus did. You ain't no better than God. We will have to fight against temptation. We will have to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow after Jesus, right? Just like the sun, when we die, huh? we will be risen again. If we die before he comes back, we'll be caught up. But the truth is, is after we die, just like he died and rose, we shall rise. But just like the son died, that's not the end of our story when we die. Amen? Amen. We will rise again. We will be united with our God. We will be received by our Heavenly Father to live in paradise forevermore. We will rejoice and be exceedingly glad. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more sickness. It'll all be over, saints. It'll all be over. This is our hope. Watch this, saints. Give me back. Give me uh, 1 Peter 1 and 3 again. This is our hope that we have, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is our hope. This is our lively hope. It's not just hope for later on, saints. It's lively hope. It's living hope. It's hope that we live on right now. Are you hearing me? This is the hope for right now. God has provided us with a living hope to live on today. This is how I face tomorrow. How do I face tomorrow? Just like the song says, because he lives. How do I get up and deal with persecution? Because he lives. How do I get up and deal with heartache and pain? Because he lives. Because he's risen. This is my hope. This is my hope. Unbelievers have no hope. No. If you don't have Jesus, you have no hope. You're living on false hope. False hope that'll have you thinking things are good right on your way to hell. It's deception. Satan is the father of lies. He wants you to put all your faith and trust in your own ability, in this world system, in coming up a little higher, huh? And getting to a next level. 
Huh? In finding your divine relationship so you can be rich. Yeah, get your Oprah Winfrey on so you can really be on and popping. Put all your hope and trust in that. Oh, now things are good for me. But if you don't have the sun, you don't have real hope. There is no hope. This is not so for the believers. Here's the thing, saints. Watch this. To say that God does not love the bought and paid for redeemed of God is error. To believe that because you're going through tough times that God doesn't love you is erroneous thinking. The truth is that God, he loved the believer so much that he sings over the believer. Did you know that? He sings over you with joy. The redeemed, those who seek to do God's will, they are his delight. God delights over you. And guess what? God is immutable. That means he cannot change how he feels about you. So you never go by what you're going through as any indication as to whether or not God loves you. He can't change his mind about you. You got the blood on you. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. (laughs) It's true. Amen. We cannot fall out of line with God in such a way to where he does not love us. Are you hearing me? This thing is fixed. Jesus finished it. He paid the price for our sins. He died on the cross. He got the approval from the Father. And just like God loves his son, God loves us. All right. So here's the thing, saints. We are in the race for faith. It's all about faith. But we are running with hope. We are not running without hope. The race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but the one who endures to the end. You've got the hope you need. You've got the help you need to run all the way from the beginning of being born again to the end when he comes back again. You've got it. Amen? So keep on running. Keep trusting. The fight for the believer is all about faith. The fight for the believer is all about what God says. What I have to do every day I get up in the morning is say to myself, is this true? Am I really one with Christ? Are his promises real? Did he do that just for me? Did he die for the whole world? Did he win the approval of the Father through his faithfulness? Did he live a perfect life in front of everyone, in front of God, so that I would be saved, so that I would be sanctified, so that I can be brand new? Is this real? Is this the truth? And here comes Satan. Well, you know you ain't all that. You know. You know you messed up yesterday. You know you said some wrong things yesterday. You know you thought some wrong thoughts yesterday. You know your situation is toe up. You know maybe this is the reason why your car doesn't start. Maybe because God doesn't love you. That's the reason why he left you. That's what's wrong with your kids. That's why your money is funny. Huh? 
That's why you get good things are not happening for you. Do you realize this first Peter third verse chapter was written and I've taught you this before, during a time when they were setting Christians on poles and using them as lights for the, for the evening, tarring them and putting them up on poles, impaling them on poles and lighting them on fire so they could walk down the street. And here, for, Peter is being told by the Holy Spirit to tell you and I that our hope is not in what we're seeing. Our hope is in one indisputable fact. Do you know what that is? He got up. (laughs) He got up with all power in his hands, and there's nothing that can change that. And as long as we believe in Jesus Christ, his love for us never changes. It never changes. God's not fickled like we are. I may not like you tomorrow. You may not like me. I might see your call coming through and I might be like, mm. I, can't, I can't do you today. I just can't. That's not like God. It's not like God, saints. No matter what we're dealing with, no matter what we're going through, the bottom line is when he received Jesus back to the right hand of God, we are so intertwined and one with him and united with him that he received us. So no matter what you're dealing with, you take this resurrection power, which is truth. The power comes from truth. When you're feeling low, when you're feeling down, when this whole world is going crazy, and you're like, what is going on? Just remember this one undeniable fact. He got up, and he took me with him. (laughs) All right, I'm almost done. It's a living hope, saints, because it's a hope that you are required to and commanded to and are privileged to live on. It's not lively hope like, ooh, that's cool and lively. No. It's something that we are told to live on. It's something that we carry. It's, it's, a, it's a hope that it, it should overflow with joy. Amen? Because they were going through and the people were looking at them. I don't know. You could be the next one that they light up, and yet you have joy. I can't figure that out. What is that? Well, my faith and my hope is not here. It's based on Jesus Christ and what he has already done. Amen? John 5, 24. John 5, 24. Real quickly, and I'm done. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, wow, but has passed from death to life. How? We believe. Amen? Amen. We believe. This is our lively hope. Amen? The truth is reception of Christ is reception of you and me because we are in Christ. Romans 10 and 9. Romans 10 and 9. If you openly declare 
that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. What? That God, what? Raised him from the dead. Then what? You will be saved. Our hope is tied to believing that he got up, that Jesus was raised from the dead. And the promise is, if that is your open confession today, then you will be saved. Amen? And we're not saved and given this new life so that we could live crazy. We're not saved and given hope so I can go around the corner and do some dirt. Uh, Come on, somebody. We live holy. It's not a new life so you could be the old you. It's new life in Christ Jesus. Amen? It's the risen life that Pastor Rick talked about. As Jesus is raised, so are we. Not just in the future, now. Are you hearing me? All right. So here's the truth. John 5, 25 through 29 says this. John 5, 25 through 29 says this. Truly, truly, or verily, verily, or certainly, certainly, wow, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is here. When the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. If you see the Father, you see the Son. Right? Amen. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he, Jesus Christ, is the Son of Man. Verse 28. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming, saints. When all, when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Wow. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life. Amen. And those who have done evil. uh Uh-oh. Here's another resurrection word. To the resurrection of judgment. I've been saying it for a long time. You die, but you live forever. The question is, is where are you going to be? Uh, Jesus gave his life and lived totally perfect before the Father, and he did that for us. Those who would believe in him will have pardon for their sins. Mercy, abundant mercy instead of hell. Jesus came to this earth to give his life for all the wrong that we know that we have done. Amen? Jesus came here, saints, to be trusted in, to be depended on, to be relied on. Amen? To be believed in. Turn from your unbelief. Receive Christ today. 
so that he can exchange his perfect life for ours and we can be forgiven. Amen? He paid and died for us to trust in him. And when you trust in him, you will receive this living hope, this hope for the believers, this hope that we must live on. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm done. I don't know if you know Jesus Christ. If you don't know him, I don't know if you've repented of your sins. My hope and trust is that you would not trust in your goodness today. Because as we have seen in the scriptures, and I tried my best to make this point very clear, there is no one good but the Father. You are not good. Your goodness is not good enough. And as I said, even while you were brushing your teeth this morning, you probably did something wrong. Because holiness is not by our standard. We don't get to grade our own holiness. He does. And so if you're not trusting in Jesus, I'm not talking about fixing your situation and legalizing your, your relationship and making it marriage and all that kind of stuff that folks do nowadays. You know, it's like, you know, embezzling money and, and cooking the books and stuff like that and doing some money laundering and putting in some, some legal investments. And now you're cool. No, that ain't good enough. There's only one hope. Only one salvation, and that salvation is found in Jesus Christ alone. My prayer today is if you do not know him, that you would know him. That if you're not repentant of your sins, that you would do that today. Because as he said to Nick, I don't have a lot of time. We could talk about all this stuff later. You must be born again. Father, we thank you so much for this word. 